I'm, I'm excited to preach this morning and I, I've been a part of this church since I, was a, since I was a young guy, grew up in the youth ministry, had my life transformed as a part of this community. And um, I know for many of you, um, we, we've walked in different journeys and seasons, but um, I'm excited to be able to share this morning. The title of my message is His Image, His Mission. His Image, His Mission. Uh, I, I counted a privilege to be able to share, I suppose, on the final Sunday service of 2021. I reflect on this year and all that it's been. I reflect on, uh, for many of us, um, I know some of us have walked through great triumphs of conquering disease, conquering cancer, overcoming great trials. Some of us have even walked through some, the kind of year where we've experienced great loss. We, we've grieved some things. We've had to journey through some stuff where we're kind of waiting for this year to wrap up so we can reset and step into next year. But I find no matter what kind of scope society tries to throw at us, no matter what type of, uh, of environments or things are happening around the world, there is this grand narrative story that God has kind of triggered from the outset. He set it off from the outset that is coming like a steam train down the railway track towards humanity and towards our lives. And it is something that, that can't be stopped. It can't be shaken that no government's going to stop it, no ideology, no concept, no, no different viewpoint is going to stop the very work of God. And that is Him establishing heaven on earth here amongst His people and establishing His image in our life and His mission in our hearts. In Genesis 1 verse 27, it says, So God created man in His own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. This passage is significant. It speaks from the very outset that humanity wasn't created simply uh, like God was being placed into human form. But in actual fact, uh, humanity was being created in God's image. In the very design of who you and I are, no matter what your background is, no matter what you've walked through, no matter what trials or, or you feel like um, situations you've walked through that have thrown you off the track, you need to understand your very DNA in the way you were created. You have the very attributes of God that you can have these same attributes, the same nature and the same image of God. We know this because in Revelation 13, 8, it speaks about that the Lamb was slain before the creation of the world. This tells us that our foundation that humanity was built upon isn't a fallen one, but it's one of freedom. It, because that the cross wasn't something that simply happened in the physical realm, but first it happened in the eternal realm. Before the very creation of the world, God the Lamb was slain so that the foundation that we were created from wasn't fallen, it wasn't broken, it wasn't messed up, it was actually freedom. It was actually breakthroughs, walking in His very image. This is the foundation we're walking from. So when we know this, what it tells us is that Christ came not to simply just expose and reveal our sin, but actually to pull back the curtain on who you've always been actually to pull back the curtain on actually the very image of God that you carry. I think there's one passage that we can sum up, put a little Christmas bow on and walk out of our 2021 into our 2022. It's this passage to encourage us. Ephesians 4 verse 22 to 24. It says to take off your former way of life. Take off what you've walked through in 2021. 
Take off the trials. Take off the heartache. Take off the pain. Take off the rejection. Take off the disappointment. Take off the sin, the shame, the guilt, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. To be renewed by the spirit of your minds and to put on in 2022 your new self, the one that was created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. You know, the original language of the image of God is called the Imago Dei. It is the original language of understanding the image of God. Is the Imago Dei. Imago meaning copy, likeness or imitation. Not simply just like a version of, but a very imitation of who that design is. So when you're spoken about as you have the image of God, you'll not just have a version of it, a partiality of it, an idea of it, but you're carrying the very imitated version of God here on earth. That word day, what does that mean? Well, it's the root word of deity, meaning God. But deeper than that, simply meaning just the image of God, it speaks about the image of God being that God is with us. This, this word Emmanuel, meaning not simply that God's holding our hand through life, but we are coexisting, co-laboring, walking with Him every single day, that when we step, He steps, that we, when we follow His very footsteps. I love this quote that explains it beautifully. It's uh, by John Mark Comer. It says, The theology of the image of God in Genesis was, and still is, submersive and stunning. It claims that all human beings, not just of royal blood, not just of the oligarchy of society, not just white men, all of us are made in the image of God. With all this as a foundation, we can understand that uh, our theological framework, when it's skewed of the image of God, it can completely dictate the life that we lead. When we have a skewed viewpoint on the image of God for our lives and what we carry, the very nature and DNA that God desires us to walk in, we can lower following Jesus down to simply a set of rules, a set of standards, a set of behaviours which we're meant to follow. But this was never the desire of God. God never desired for you to simply hear some rule books, hear some plans, hear some standards that I'm looking for you to follow. God isn't simply for you looking for you to, to make sure you do these 10 things and then you're going to get your way to heaven. God is looking for you to look like Him, actually walk like Him, understanding that we actually have access to the fullness of heaven and life that is available, not just through His child, but as His child. Not just through His child, but as His child, understanding that God doesn't just see, oh, God is the Son of God, but He sees us as His sons and daughters. 1 John 3 verse 2 says this, Beloved, we are God's children now. Someone say now. We are God's children now. And what, oh, amen. That was a good one. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but what we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. John 1, 4, 17 says, In this, love is made complete with us, 
so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. Exactly as Christ is in this world, right here, right now, real time, we have the access and ability to walk like Jesus. God desires us to look like Him. Christ came as a model to show us what the full human experience was meant to look like. It was never meant to be a measuring stick that we had to climb up to, but a mirror on the life that we're meant to lead. The, the, the way we're meant to lead our families, the way we're meant to engage with our employees, the way we're meant to engage with our workplaces, our universities, our different aspects that God has called us to in this season. We shouldn't be engaging to try and climb a ladder or try and build our career or build our life. We should be engaging and saying, man, how can I look like Jesus in this moment? How can I lead my family like Jesus? How can I lead my marriage like Jesus? How can I lead my workplace like Jesus? knowing that I carry the very nature of God. I wonder what a church would look like. I wonder what a people would look like if we engage our world saying, man, when I step in, Jesus just stepped in because I carry the very image of God. I carry the very image of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory, this is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What is this being transformed into the same image? Well, we know in Romans 8, 28 to 29, it says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. The wildest thing in the universe is not space, it is the potential capacity of the human heart. Being made in the image of God, it is capable of almost unlimited extension in all directions. And one of the world's greatest tragedies is that we allow our hearts to shrink until there is no room in them for little besides ourselves. Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave His self for me. This revelation is significant. Because it's not just recognising that my life is to be lived through the Son, but as His Son, it's showing the reason that's available is because we see in Galatians that Christ didn't just die for me. Christ died as me. That when Christ was pinned on the cross, He took all of sin, shame and guilt and pinned it there as well so that I could step into the fullness of life and step into what it meant to have the very nature and image of God. It wasn't this far off stretch idea. It wasn't this far off crazy concept, but it was something that was available because of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's quite profound the way that we relate to God, the way that we connect to God creates the very perception of who we are. That we've been set free, but sometimes we lead like we're still carrying chains. 
Sometimes these chains also are never isolated to simply our life, but they impact our spheres of influence, our families, our insecurities and habits of brokenness seem to trickle down into wherever our fingerprints touch, wherever our foot hits and lands. It seems to trickle down into these places. That the way we see God, the way we relate to Him, the way we understand our identity builds our very framework of our very world. But we can understand that as an, as an individual engages with discipleship, engages with His Word, intentionally with His Holy Spirit, there is this spiritual framework, this spiritual formation that begins to shift and form a clearer view of the God that not only is our, that we are creating the image of God, but it's inherently connected to the mission of God. You know, God has a mission. God began the mission. He is a missional sending God. That the mission became, came before the Bible. In fact, God had a mission and He gave the mission a Bible. God had a mission and He gave the mission a people. That this mission was from the very beginning because He is a missional sending God and that He added these equations to it to be able to advance and move His kingdom forward. We see this in the definition or the, uh, the understanding of this as the Imago Day, but it's deeply connected to the Missio Day. Missio meaning mission, but not just this idea of, oh, this is a plan or a blueprint, but it's this idea of sending, this idea that we are all sent somewhere. We're called somewhere. We're called to do something. We're called to put our hand on someone's life, called to build into something. And this word day again, meaning deity, that God is with us. So we can understand now that it's deeper than simply us having the image of God, but the image of God is now overflows to the very mission of our life. But when we understand our mission and our identity, we understand that, man, we aren't just meant to look like Jesus. We're meant to walk like Him. We're meant to actually follow His very steps. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. This great quote says by David Bosch, says the mission is understood as being derived from the very nature of God. It is thus put into the context of the Trinity, not the eschatology, not the seratology, the classical doctrine of the Missio Dei as God the Father sending the Son and God the Father and the Son sending the Spirit is expanded to include yet another movement. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit is sending the church into the world. That is deeper than simply this idea of the sovereignty of God. And when God wants to do it, He'll do it. And if He doesn't do it, He won't do it. God wants to send this movement into the world. His Missio Dei, the mission of God, was meant to be placed into the hearts of men and women. That there should be a mission of God about your life. How do we know this? Because in 1 John 2.6, it says, The one who says he remains in him should also walk just as He walked. 1 Peter 2.21 For you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. The commandment of Jesus in John 14.15 If you love Me, you will keep My commands. 
The mission of God is not simply the activity of the church, but it's rather the attribute of God. It's not simply the workings of the church, but it's for the very attributes of God that's meant to be established in our heart. So when we understand our identity and our image, it overflows into our world. We'd realise that we mean when we serve the church, when we lead life groups, when we build into people's lives, what it does, it establishes in us that we aren't just doing something that's a charitable deed. We're doing a holy service unto God, fulfilling His mission. The Missio Dei is not so much the work of the church, but the church at work. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Don't you know, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. Not, you are not your own for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. That your entire life was meant to shine and radiate the very glory of God. I know on a Boxing Day message, it's hard talking about mission because we want to be eating turkey and ham and watching the cricket. But I tell you what, there's nothing better that we could engage into our 2022 and wrap up 2021 than understanding who we are and realise that we are to carry a mission of God, that our life is meant to be sacrificial. But there's a confusion that where we can get a skewed view of the Imago Day and it flows into the Missio Day. If we don't know who we are, then it's going to make us lead hesitantly. It's going to make us lead insecurely. It's going to make us lead in a place where we're not sure. But we realise who we are, the authority, the anointing, the favour, the righteousness, the holiness, the purity, the purpose, the power that we walk in. We understand that when we step, God's mission is going before us and we can walk in that. It shifts our mindset from us realising that the Missio Day isn't simply funnelled through the employment of the church, but the deployment of His saints. It's not simply through the employment of the church, but the deployment of His saints. But where's the disconnect between us understanding who we are And the mission, often there is an idea that has some nobility around this idea that our behaviour is dictated by our beliefs. And that is true, that often when our habits, our disciplines, our behaviour, us living on fire for God, us leading our families in godliness and in kingdom culture, us understanding what it means to be the priests and the kings of our home and establish kingdom culture and a prayer culture and, and, and the Word of God in our homes and in our families. Us understanding that and the gap between that, often we have to take a step back and say, well, our behaviour, if there's a miss there, man, maybe I'm believing wrong. Maybe if the mission's wrong or it's disconnecting or it's not having the fruit that I thought it would have, I have to take a step back and review, do do, do I know who I am? Do Do I need to grow in my understanding of what Christ has placed on the inside of me? But there's another side of it where it's not just as simple as, well, the behaviour's wrong, so I just need to believe right. Because life isn't simply linear in the way that when we believe, then we just behave right and everything's great and everything's perfect. But in actual fact, what we see 
One, at a practical, neurological, scientific level, our patterns, our habits, our behaviours aren't simply an overflow of our belief, but they reinforce our belief. So it's not simply linear, like I believe right and now I'm going to behave right. Or I understand the image of God and now I understand the mission of God. But in actual fact, when we understand our image, we understand our identity, we understand our belief and understand who we are, it'll overflow. I'm having like 40 blowouts, but I'm pushing through. (laughs) It'll overflow into the mission of God. But when we establish ourselves in the mission of God, you know what it does? It reinforces the image of God. And then when we establish the image of God, it reinforces the mission of God. Life is, uh, if we can throw it on the screen, life isn't simply linear. It's this diagram if we've got it. But it's in fact, it's like a circle. That faith reinforces our action. And then our action reinforces our faith. There's a deeper connection here. So when it says, man, it's not just about looking like Him, it's about walking like Him. But when I walk like Him, it's going to make me look more like Him. And when I look more like Him, I'm going I'm to walk like Him better. It deeply connected that it's more than just simply us going, yep, just need to get my belief right and everything's going to work from that. We need to establish our belief, understand who we are, walk in our image. But the overflow of that is our behaviour, our habits, our mission are going to start to shift and it's going to reinforce our life. Because repetition reinforces our pattern and what we're called to do. 1 John 3 verse 7 says, Little children, let no one deceive you. I love when the Bible says, let no one deceive you. It's kind of like a zone in, focus on the very next words that are about to be said. I'm not playing games. I'm not messing around. Exactly what I'm about to say is very important. Don't let anyone try and get it messed up or deceived. Let no one deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as He is righteous. In other words, the one who walks out like Jesus becomes like Jesus. Why? Because you've been created in His image. In other words, it reinforces itself. That it's not as simple as to go, well, I'm righteous now, I understand my holiness, my purity, I'm blameless, and that's it. But in actual fact, the Scripture challenges us at a deeper level that you can't claim you're right with God unless you walk righteous, unless there is an overflow and a mission to your life. We bear the image and then we live out His mission. But how do we do this? Well, we find it in the story of the cross. We find it in the message of Jesus. We find it in the Christmas story that Christ, as it says in the Scripture read before, was born as the firstborn to walk as His sons and daughters of many. We see this in Colossians 2, verse 9 to 15. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And you have been filled by Him. So the entire nature which is in Christ has now filled you. He who is the head over every ruler, authority, government, idea, king, priest, He is the head. 
And you also circumcised in Him with a circumcision not done with hands, amen, by putting off the body of flesh in the Hagrid's new covenant, amen. Thanks, Debbie, for being the only one who laughed. Everyone else thought it was a bit crude for a Sunday morning. Putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ when you were buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the working of God. You who raised Him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive with Him and forgave us of all our trespasses. This next verse is for you today, no matter what you've walked through, no matter what pain, heartache, sin, disappointment, discouragement you've walked through, you need to know this. It says that He's erased the certificate of death with its obligations that was against us and opposed us. He's taken it away. He's nailed it on the cross and He's disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in Him. That on the cross, God nailed our sin, nailed our brokenness, nailed every ounce, not just some of it, every ounce that was stopping us from looking like Him. Every sin, every guilt, every shame that's stopping us from living out the mission of God. He nailed it on the cross. He disarmed the enemy. He said, you don't have a voice. You don't have territory. You don't have residence. You don't have real estate in my children's life anymore. They're coming home and they're gonna look like me. They're not just gonna look like me. They're gonna walk like me. I wonder this time next year, it'll be a Christmas Day service actually, that'll be pretty good. Christmas Day service. I wonder as a church where we could be 12 months time, if we committed our year saying, God, no matter what comes my way, no matter what diseases come, no matter what circumstances come, no matter what heartbreaks come, no matter what mountaintop moments, no matter what triumphs, no matter what valleys, no matter what Goliaths. I'm making a commitment that I'm gonna look like You, Jesus. I'm gonna walk like You, Jesus. I'm gonna carry out the mission of God. I'm gonna see my city transformed. I'm gonna establish kingdom culture in my family. I'm gonna establish the very identity in my kids. I wonder where we could be as a church in just 12 months time. If we all lent into looking like Jesus, if we all close our eyes, I'd love to pray for you. Hey, maybe you're here for the very first time. Or maybe you've been coming a little while and still sussing this whole deal out. Maybe this is the first time you even heard the name Jesus. But you're going, hey, this, this I don't understand everything. I don't have a full picture on what that looks like yet. There's something even just pounding on my heart right now, something knocking on the door of my heart that's saying to me, man, the freedom you're talking about, the identity, the hope, the purpose that's found in Jesus that you're talking about. I don't understand everything, but I want it. I wanna say yes to Him. Or maybe here in your call City Point home, it's your family, you love this church, you're planted here, you invest here. This is your family. But you know, man, you've just walked through hell this year. You've walked through brokenness. 
And you're saying, you know what I want? I want to just draw a line in the sand today. I don't want to go another day. I don't want to go another year without walking with Jesus, looking like Him and allowing Him to walk with me through my days. I want to get right with Him again. I want to know that I'm right standing with God. So if that's you for the very first time or a recommitment, on the count of three with every eye closed, I'd love to just acknowledge you and pray with you. I'd love you to be really brave. If that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time or a recommitment, or you just want to make that commitment to say yes to Him, I'm going to start living right standing with you again afresh. On the last Sunday of 2021, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. If that's you on the count of three, you want to say yes to Him, I would love, love to acknowledge you. So if you could just shoot up your hand on the count of three, if you want to say yes to Jesus, I'd love to pray with you on the count of three. One, two, three. Just shoot up your hands. Yeah, amazing, incredible, bro. Incredible decision. Amazing decision, amazing decision. Come on, yeah, incredible decision. I see that hand. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Come on, is there anyone else? Anyone else from left to right? Yeah, amazing at the back. Incredible decision, powerful decision. Come on, is there anyone else that I look from left to right? I don't want to miss this moment. Don't go another day. Don't go another year without it. God is calling you to greater things. Come on, one last time. I don't want to miss it. Just one more. I don't want to miss this moment. Yeah, amazing, incredible decision. Incredible decision. Powerful decision. Amazing decision. Incredible, incredible. Amazing. If we could all stand, church, that'd be amazing. And Father, we thank You so much, God, for every decision here. God, we thank You they weren't lied ones, but they were eternal ones, Father. God, we thank You that as Your Word says, God, that no matter what we've walked through in 2021, today is a new day. We've been born again. We're righteous. We're holy. We're new creations. We're pure, Lord. God, we are blameless in Your sight, Father. God, we thank You for all those hands that went up, Father. God, right now we thank Your anointing and Your power would come upon their life. And we thank You for that, Jesus. Come on, can we celebrate every decision? Incredible. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. There were so many hands that went up and we're so thankful. Hey, maybe you got your hand the whole way up or maybe you're like, man, I didn't put my hand up but I know this moment's for you. We would love to connect with you, put a Bible in your hands, put a free coffee in your hands, help you take your next step. Because I know in January, in the new year, we're kicking off life groups again, right across the church for every season, every background. There is a life group for you. It's the best next step to take. So we'd love you to get connected in that. Keep coming back to church, 9 a.m., next Sunday at 6 p.m. Let's do it.